Well, today I want to talk to you about the saints' security in every storm. The saints' security in every storm. Have you ever been in a storm in your life? Ever had troubles in your life? Ever been in a real storm in your life? I remember being on Lake Keep It with my children and uh, we were out in the middle of the lake and uh, they, one or two of them were in the water and this storm I could see in the distance and this lake, which is normally calm, started to have waves uh, within it and I had to get my children quickly into the boat and go to the shore as quick as possible. Have you ever been in a storm, a physical storm? Uh, perhaps you've been in a spiritual storm. Well, uh, this morning we're going to look at the, the saint's security in every storm. Here the Apostle Paul uh, was in a storm, and we find that in Acts chapter uh, 27. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you can guarantee that you are going to be in storms uh, throughout your life. The Apostle Paul had his fair share of storms and trials and troubles, Yet Paul could say this in Romans, 8, uh, Romans 5 verse 3, But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, got into the habit of rejoicing in every storm. You find Paul in uh, the book of Acts chapter 16, uh, he's a prisoner. And uh, what's he doing in Acts chapter 16? Well, uh, Paul and Silas are praising God at midnight. Paul could praise the Lord in the prison, whatever storm came his way. If Paul was before kings or centurions, he was a man that stayed calm and he fearlessly declared the gospel. Whatever situation Paul was in, he was rock solid. Why was he rock solid? because he had a solid rock in which to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said this in uh, Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Are you, going a, are you going through a storm now in your life? If you're going through a storm in your life, then Acts chapter 27 is the passage for you uh, this morning. You can be rock solid like Paul if you have the solid rock, the Lord Jesus. The hymn writer wrote this, We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. Now, um, there's several types of storms that uh, Christians go through. I don't know if you've realised that. There's uh, multiple types of storms that each of us can go through. Uh, first of all, there's the everyday storms of life. Now, creation is fallen, and because creation is fallen, uh, we endure hardships. So there's everyday storms that we endure as believers. Uh, secondly, uh, there are storms of correction uh, that the Lord brings into our lives. If you go through the Old Testament and you uh, visit uh, the book of Jonah, you find that Jonah went through a storm. It was a storm ordained by God and it was a storm of correction. You remember that Jonah got a command from the Lord to go to which city? He was to go to the city of Nineveh and uh, he was to preach there. 
And what does uh, Jonah do? Well, he goes in the opposite direction and he takes a, a ship to a place called Tarshish. And what God does is he brings a storm of correction uh, into Jonah's life. Jonah 1 verse 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Uh, Jonah's a, a sleepy saint in the, in the midst of a storm. And uh, that was a storm of correction that God brought uh, into Jonah's life to make him change direction and obey the Lord. Well, uh, the Lord brings storms of correction. Sometimes the, the Lord brings uh, storms of instruction. Sometimes God allows storms into our lives so that we might be instructed about him. Matthew uh, chapter 14, we see a storm of instruction. Uh, Jesus sends uh, his disciples uh, in a boat uh, to go across the lake. Uh, did Jesus know that there was a storm coming? Uh, absolutely. I believe it was a storm of instruction so that they would realise uh, who Jesus was. Matthew 14, verse 22. And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Uh, verse 24 says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 32. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased... Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, that's worshipping Jesus, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Uh, Jesus used this storm as a storm of instruction. You remember Peter walks on the water, they see Jesus walking on the water, and then Jesus and Peter get back in the boat, and they declare that Jesus is the Son of God. Sometimes God uh, sends storms of correction, uh, sometimes uh, storms of instruction and sometimes there's storms of persecution that come into our lives. Uh, Paul stood for Christ and Paul was persecuted. And if you stand for Christ, it might be you're standing for Christ in your family, might be standing for Christ in your school or your university or your workplace. If you fly the flag for Jesus, you are going to suffer persecution. Uh, the Bible says uh, uh, in 2 Timothy 3 verse 11, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and at Iconium, at Lystra, this is Paul talking, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There's a promise for you in the Bible. If you're godly, you're going to suffer persecution. Well, there's storms of correction, there's storms of instruction, there's storms of persecution. Uh, sometimes there's storms of consolation. Uh, God gives us storms so that you might be able to console other people after you've been through the storm. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, you might suffer from depression in your life. What better person to talk to another person about depression than someone that's been through it or someone that's going through it? 
You might have cancer. What best, best uh, person to talk to another person about the struggle with cancer than a person that has cancer? Uh, you might uh, uh, have some uh, disability and you've struggled with that disability all your life. And then someone that you know is disabled. Well, you can talk to them and you can console them and you can counsel them. The Lord sometimes brings storms of consolation. Here's a couple of verses in regards to that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Uh, Blessed be God, uh, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. If you know the consolation that the Lord Jesus brings you in any trial that you've gone through, uh, you can identify with someone that's going through that trial. And because you've had the consolation, you've had the help of the Lord Jesus, you can help them also. Well, uh, storms of creation. Uh, we live in a fallen world. Uh, storms of correction, uh, storms of instruction, storms of persecution, uh, storms of consolation. I'm sure you can think of a, a few other types of storms that we're going through, but we're going to go to Acts chapter 27. And I want to look at this uh, passage, the storm that Paul went through. Uh, Paul's a prisoner of the Romans, and he's been taken to Rome to appear before Caesar. And uh, in this passage, in Romans uh, chapter, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 27, uh, we see that Paul travels uh, upon two ships on his way to Rome. Uh, the first ship takes him safely to a place called Myra. And at Myra, Paul gets on a second ship bound for Italy. Verse 5 of Acts 27. And when he had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia, and there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. So in Acts chapter 27, now you've got to remember Paul, uh, uh, Luke is writing this. And uh, Luke is actually a passenger uh, with the Apostle Paul. So it's Luke that's telling us the story of what happened in this storm. Well, uh, Paul and Luke and others uh, found themselves on that second ship in a terrible storm. Look at verse 9. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast, fast was now already past, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Well, what's happening? Uh, winter's approaching when Paul's on board, and Paul knew if they continued to sail on, uh, that there would be troubled times ahead. Uh, how do we know that uh, Paul uh, knew anything about sailing? Well, when you read uh, about his journeys, he, he knew the Mediterranean, and uh, by this time it's estimated that Paul had journeyed uh, 3,500 miles by sea previously. 
So he knew about sailing, he knew about ships, uh, he knew about storms. Acts 27 verse 12 are there. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in the moor, in the moor, it's talking about the majority of people here, in the moor part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice, and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Uh, so Paul, uh, he, he, he sent out a warning that they shouldn't go, but the majority uh, wanted to sail. And so Paul's in the minority, and uh, they didn't believe the preacher Paul, and so they set sail. Uh, never be afraid uh, in the will of God to be in the minority. Often, uh, if you look at our ungodly world, and uh, well, certainly if you look at the ungodly world, Christians are in the minority today. But never be afraid to be in the minority. Yesterday I preached about Noah, and Noah was in the minority in his day. He was in the godly minority and uh, the believer in the Lord Jesus will often find themselves in the godly minority in our day. Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Uh, there were the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land and only two spies were willing to take that land and it was Joshua and Caleb. Uh, ten against two. And you know the minority was right, not the majority. If you go to Daniel chapter 3, uh, you'll see uh, the majority of the people are willing to bow down before the golden statue. The government sends out a decree and uh, there is a small minority of godly young men, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and those uh, minority of young men were willing not to conform to the government but to stand uh, in for their conscience sake and those people, those, those boys, those Hebrew boys in the minority stood against the majority in their day. And guess who was right? Those three Hebrew boys. Daniel chapter 6. Prayer is banned for the majority. But there's one person who's in the minority. And he won't take notice of what the government says and that man's name is Daniel. And when the prayer was forbidden by the government, uh, Daniel goes home when he hears about this new law. And what does he do? He opens his windows and he prays three times a day like he's always done. He neglects what the majority are complying to and he stands out from the crowd. Don't be afraid to be in the minority. One more example, 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, there is Elijah and there's 850 false prophets and Elijah believes he is alone and it's Elijah against 850. Elijah's in the minority. The false prophets are in the majority. And who's right? It's Elijah. 1 Kings 18 verse 22 Then said Elijah unto the people I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. 
this lonely prophet stood against the majority in his day. And what happened? The fire of God fell from heaven because of a dedicated prophet. Never be afraid under God to go against the majority because in this ungodly world, the majority are usually wrong. The majority in Noah's day were ungodly and they were unconcerned about the judgment to come and they were unmoved uh, about the preaching of Noah and they were unprepared for the storm to come and they were unsaved when the flood came. How sad. Well, in Acts chapter 27, uh, Paul knew that they could not continue to sail on, but the majority wanted to continue the voyage and so they headed into disaster. Verse 19. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was ta then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Oh, this is a great uh, passage, isn't it? The captive becomes the captain. The one that was captive of the Romans becomes the captain of the ship, and it's Paul that's giving orders now. Wonderful passage. Well, he instructs them. He says, uh, be of good cheer. He tells them that they're not going to be lost. It's only the ship that will be lost. Now, if you've ever been on a cruise, just imagine if the announcement comes out, I'm sorry, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this ship is going down. But don't worry, you're all going to be saved. I think many, many people would be panicking on the ship. And in actual fact, he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, be happy. How could he do that? Well, uh, he was anchored to the rock, wasn't he? He was anchored to the rock of ages, uh, the Lord Jesus. Here is Captain Captive, the Apostle Paul, and he's so calm and confident in this storm. Why is he so calm and confident? Well, he received a message from the Lord. He heard from God. Look at verse 23. For there stood by me, he's, he's explaining uh, to the people uh, on the ship what happened to him, how he got a word from the Lord. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. So he had a promise of God's protection. He had a promise of God's provision for those people also that were on the boat. Wherefore, sirs, uh, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What's the saint's security in a stormy night? What is the saint's security in a stormy night? It's the word of God. 
And if you're going through a storm now, your security must be anchored in the, the Word of God, the living Word of God also, the Lord Jesus. Your anchor must be in Jesus in the storm that you're going through. Your anchor must be in Jesus and in the Word of God. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Isaiah 26, Thou wilt keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The psalmist wrote this, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 42, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. Verse 23 again, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. And if you're a believer and you're in a storm right now, God himself will stand with you. Hebrews 13 verse 5. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, uh, you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling provision of the Holy Spirit. You have his presence, his power, his provision, and you can stand in any storm. Years ago, I was on the Manly Ferry with my dad and uh, we were going from Manly across to Circular Quay. Well, this particular day that uh, we set off on our voyage, it was calm at Manly Cove, uh, but when you head across, uh, you uh, go between the heads and this huge swell uh, came up and waves were going over the ferry. I'd never seen, uh, I'd never been on, a, I'd been on ferries on Sydney Harbour, never been on a ferry where the water, the waves are coming over uh, onto the passengers. Has anyone been on a ride like that? We got soaked. It was absolutely incredible. But you know, in that storm, there was someone with me. It was my dad. And if I'd started to, to go over the rails, my dad would have done every, anything at all to make sure that I was secure. We have a Father in heaven that loves us and he's our security in any storm that we face. And there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You see, God had a plan. When the plan was to get Paul to Rome, Paul was going to stand before Nero, and uh, God's plan would not be thwarted. It didn't matter if there was a huge storm. It didn't matter whether the, uh, slip, the ship uh, slid into the ocean and he was just left in the sea. Uh, God was going to get him to Rome, and in that journey, not only was he protected, but all on that ship were protected because Paul was on board. 
you know, if I um, believed and if it was in the will of God that I should catch a plane uh, to go somewhere, say it was to the mission field or whatever, and it was directly in God's plan that I was to land, say, uh, say in Iran. If that was directly in God's plan, you know, that whole plane, all those unbelievers in the plane, they're not going to go down, are they? Because I, as a believer in the Lord Jesus, because I'm in the will of God, God's not going to let that plane go down, and they are safe. They are safe because there's a believer on board. Have you ever thought that uh, believers bring safety to the city of Newcastle? That believers bring safety to Australia? You know, you and I, uh, we should be good neighbours. And uh, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, your neighbours should not be fearing that you'll hop over the fence and uh, break into their house uh, when they're gone away. You bring safety to the community that you live in. You are to be salt and light in this world. And I'll prove to you later how the Christian brings absolute safety to many in this world. Well, Paul brought safety to them. Uh, We are the salt of the earth. As salt, uh, Jesus told us, uh, we are the salt of the earth, that we are the light of the world. And if you're a salty saint in a sinful society, you should be a re- you should be a preserving influence in the society that you live in. Jesus said, "You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his, his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden down under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world." A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Here we have Paul, our captain captive. Uh, He's on the boat. None of them were going to drown because God had given him a promise. And so he was a preserving influence even amongst the unbelievers that were on that boat. Now let me give you an example how we're a preserving influence. I'm looking forward to the rapture of the church where God takes uh, his saints home to be with him What's going to happen when the saints are gone? The terrible tribulation period. When salt and light are removed from this earth, this earth is going to go into a complete time of chaos and of trouble. Why? Well, the salty saints will have been removed... And the influence of the Holy Spirit through Christians will be removed from the face of the earth. I believe the Holy Spirit will still work in the earth, but the saints are gone. And we make a difference in this world. We stand for Jesus, 
We stand for righteousness. And when people look at us, they should see that we are both salt and light in this world of darkness. Just imagine if every single Christian was removed from parliaments around the world today. Now, I believe we've got few Christians in parliament. But there are, are Christians that have a purifying influence in governments right around the world. And God is using them. Paul on that ship was being used as both salt and light. And because he was both salt and light, he was a preserving influence upon the saved and the unsaved on that voyage. He was the salt of the earth. Paul was a saint that had security in every single storm that he faced. And you can have that same security that the Apostle Paul had in every single storm that you face, whether it's a physical storm, whether it's an emotional storm, whether it's a spiritual storm, whatever storm you're going through today, you can have the same security that the Apostle Paul had because his anchor was in Jesus. Paul wrote in Romans 8 verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Every Christian has a storm. Uh, some of those storms come because we live in this creation and this creation is fallen because of sin. Sometimes we get storms of correction uh, like Jonah. We're going the wrong way so God will bring a storm of correction in your life to redirect you. Sometimes uh, God sends storms, storms of instruction where he wants you to know Jesus more and more, so he allows this storm, so you recognise that Jesus is the Son of God, that he, he governs every storm that comes into your life. If you're a Christian, you're going to get a storm of persecution. And sometimes God allows storms for consolation, so that when you go through these difficult times and you've been uh, strengthened in those difficult times by the Lord, you too can strengthen others. One thing's for sure. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to go through storms in this life. And the Apostle Paul had his full share of storms and trials and troubles, yet Paul could say, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And Paul could say, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What a great passage it is on storms there. What a great encouragement for us this morning. The saint of the Lord can have security in every single storm. Father, we uh, thank you this morning that we could come before your word. And we thank you as we journey uh, with the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. 
that we can learn so many practical things for our life. And we thank you that Paul was rock solid because he knew the solid rock, the Lord Jesus. I want to pray, Lord, uh, this morning, if there's anyone that doesn't know Jesus as their saviour, I ask that even today, Lord, they might realise that Christ went to the cross for them. He spilled his blood, his body was broken for them. He paid the punishment for all our sin, and we thank you for that. And I pray for anyone here this morning, Lord, that's going through massive trials, that they would look to you in the storms that they face. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.